0: Hey y'all, this is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch. And I'm not going to be telling you what episode it is anymore. (laughs) Y'all can look that up yourself. But we have passed our 100 mark, and I'm ready to do the worker, y'all. I'm into it, man. Well, today, let me tell you where I am, y'all. I am worried and a little bit irritated, but there's nothing I can do. My partner, having had a very serious bout with COVID, and uh, my back not being able to lift a lot of dirt, we are already getting behind in the growing season. I mean, the work starts now. I mean, today it's 70 outside, y'all. It doesn't mean we're not going to have another freeze, because we are, but I tell y'all what, I got a funny feeling. Spring is trying to encroach awfully quickly. Most of my daffodils have already exploded and are almost done, (laughs) and we're in the second week of February. So I don't know. I don't believe all that groundhog bullshit anyway. But I am a horrible type A. Y'all know that. An Aries with a um overachiever syndrome that goes on until it nearly kills me sometimes. And last year was a disappointing year. So I've already set myself up to have probably a rough year because I'm just not accepting anything else but perfection i need to back off of that i need to let happen you know what's going to happen give it my best shot do a lot of magic down in my high tunnel and i know i talk about that high tunnel a lot and it is a saving grace for us it really is and there's a lot of benefits to it but that is not my only growing space we have a garlic field we have a turmeric field We have a strawberry field, and if you're of my age, you are already hearing the beetles in your head. We have just different little spaces where we grow things, but that space is superbly large, (laughs) and the only downside might mean that, you know, it doesn't get heavy torrential rains that come straight down, however, that's also an upside for instance, tomatoes just do not like that mess. It They do not like it and they get so many viruses that pop up from the ground when the rain hits. So, you know, I remember one year, <laughs> it was a very long time ago and I had this uh, special Tennessee variety. It was very, very rare, this variety of tomato and it had been brought to me by one of my old students and, um, I was growing them in a hay bale because I love me some hay bale gardening. Run out of space, hay bale gardening. Don't have enough money to fill another bed, hay bale gardening. Just love it. Or straw bale, whatever. Prefer hay. Anyhow, that year we had just the almost unbelievable heavy rains that plummeted everything. And one of those weeks it wouldn't stop and it was almost every day I think for five days and I knew that my tomatoes were going to get ruined, y'all would not believe my stupid ass. I don't know if I still have some pictures of what we did. It was um, desperate. It was desperate. But we had put up a bunch of awnings, you know, like those pop-ups that you take to a festival or something. We had situated about two of those over our tomatoes and tried to hamper them down and keep them in place. And of course, with high winds, that didn't work out either. So The high tunnel is wonderful. It doesn't fly away in the wind, so we're good there. And it's built on a bit of a slant, which allows the water to kind of pass through. That's good too. Anyway, one of the other things I love about the tunnel system is that I can go down there, and I can stand in the middle of it, and I can practice magic. I can have my little altar in there. I can... I reckon dance naked if I want to. Nobody gonna see me. And that kind of uh, relationship that I'm able to have with the land and the growing things and my magic all mixed up together like that—it just—it's very um, soothing. Although I've been known to stand in the middle of a strawberry bed in a rainstorm, so it depends on what you're looking for and what you need. But it does allow me to have that relationship, I guess, a lot easier. And I don't know about y'all, but my state has grants for this. So you pay for it, but if you get approved, you pay for it and they give you 75% of that money back worth looking into. Call your local extension office, y'all. I don't know. You might have a program like that too. I'm going to talk about something very specifically magical, that gardening, farming, whatever. We're still grappling with that word over here has to do with um, a magical lesson that it actually taught me that recently it hammered back home again on. So I'm going to get to that. But if y'all don't mind too much, I just want to go over right quick that there are two times a year for y'all to be able to plant onions, and this is one of them. But you are going to have to hurry. And as soon as I finish adding all this new, yummy, deeply composted, fantastic soil to this back bed that we're still building back up, I've got all my starts I'm ready to go. I think I have 150 and it sounds like so much damn fun until you're on about number 75 and you don't want to see another onion <laughs> at all. But I did want to talk to y'all about it right quick. You can be a witch and talk about growing things. And in fact, you should be a witch talking about growing things. And now onions, y'all, can grow along with so many awesome things. I mean, there are a couple of things, not very many, that they cannot grow with. But I wanted to tell y'all about what they can grow with right now. And while right this second, and of course not knowing the future, uh, except what Farmer's Almanac tells me is coming. You know, the witch's almanac. (laughs) It's the same thing, but right now we're not absolutely sure what the weather is going to bring, but we are still in February, and what will always go in my garden at this time of the year are onions and lettuces. Just absolutely, this is a wonderful time. Now, we probably could have gotten away with this in January, but we didn't get around to it. But right now is a wonderful time, and onions just love a bunch of brassicas, so do consider those as well. They have this neat relationship. Onions fight off cabbage worms, for instance, and they also fight off aphids and slugs, and I don't know about (laughs) y'all, but as an organic gardener, these are the boogers that I, you know, cuss out every year. But last year, there was nothing more beautiful than looking at all my big, tall onions just literally surrounded by salad greens, lettuces. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And now they're going to come up. For me, it's usually late summer or early fall. It's whenever the neck of the onion falls over. So if I plant them all down that line, And this ain't corn, baby, honey. You can have them just in a line. They don't need to pollinate, so that works out just fine. And if I just do a border of them all the way down the line and then come back and do it down the front line of that long bed, they're not going to be in the way anyhow for when I want to plant other things after I'm positive that the freezes are over. And what this is going to do is allow me to companion plant, which I do anyway anyway. I'm constantly doing companion planting. But this is one specific incidence of it that makes so much sense. So I can get these in right now. And I can go ahead and throw all my yummy, you know, still kind of cold snappy. uh, Especially a 45-day lettuce. Or honestly, almost any Asian green. I won't. Almost anyone. And go ahead and get those all in there. I mean, honestly... I need to pull back a little bit. I have too much. I end up throwing my CSA so damn much they can't make it stop. So, and I don't feel like selling to anybody. Most of the local restaurants are going to want to get that from a hydroponic system that are, you know, intensely grown that way. And I can't have a hydroponic system. I tried and found out that I could not have one. Because of the disposal of all those chemicals and salts and such on my land would actually negate my um, certification. And they can really build up in your soil and be bad. So can't do that. It's funny, isn't it? Some folks would rather have stuff grown in chemicals than in good, healthy soil. And that's fine to do, y'all. I'm going to be over here and be pagan about it. But whatever. So, and by the way, I really am not putting down hydroponics. If you have very limited space, uh, well, obviously, that might be the only way to go. And also, as long as you're, you know, checking out the ethical and responsible way to dispose of those chemicals, uh, you know, then you're fine. But anyway, what I do is I put them all in that line, those onions, and then I come back and I seed. And y'all, I kind of free seed. I just scatter across because... I'm probably going to thin a little bit anyhow. And I'll just do that underneath, which protects the soil line. It protects that bulb that's going to grow, that onion bulb, and gives me food of two different kinds. While I'm waiting on those onions to get done, I can harvest all that yummy, more cold-weather salad. And then I can put in, well, I could put in some heat-tolerant salad now I call it salad. I don't care what y'all call it, especially under you know underneath the onion and around the bulb. There's some really good varieties like Paris Island. Oh God, I love Paris Island romaine. And uh, let's see what else. I think there's some butter bibs that you can throw in. Anyway, any seed site should tell you what the heat tolerant greens can be. You know. Most of the kale varieties that I grow are very heat tolerant. But what else I can put in there, and actually they work really well together, is any kind of nightshade. So when I get up all those winter salads and go in to actually start planting after that time, I can get in my maters and my peppers. Oh, and y'all know what else does so well with onion? You're going to love this one. Chamomile Mm mm-hmm it's a natural antifungal and in humid varieties like mine or even non-humid places in the world that have the use of a high tunnel it's going to get humid in there but they work to fight funguses so yay (laughs) and i do consider chamomile a crop i mean it's pretty but that sucker's going in my tea so (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to let y'all know what I'm doing right now. I wanted to keep y'all abreast of it. I'm still bushcrafting my witchcraft. Farming and gardening is part of that. Growing any herbs I might use in any kind of healing spell or tea. Working with the earth and trying very much to be in balance and stay grounded. Tell y'all what, y'all don't know what grounded is until you're standing in the middle of a strawberry field that you grew yourself. That'll ground you right quick. Anyhow, never grow beans of any kind, legumes. Never grow them before, during, or after your onions or garlic. Never do it. I was looking up something the other day, just trying to find a good video I could send a friend of mine. I reckon I'm going to have to start doing all those damn videos myself, huh? And uh, bless her heart, some sweet lady was telling folks that she had just pulled up her garlic and one of the best things in the world that she she could possibly put down in that earth afterward would be peanuts. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. That's a legume, honey. Absolutely not. And let me give you a scientific reason. I mean, it just all looks like damn magic. I mean, maybe the beans acted a little vampiric one night <laughs> and the garlic threatened it. I don't know. That's a joke. So what happens is growing garlic, for instance, is going to build up the sulfur in your soil. One of the reasons it probably should be rotated a little bit more often. And I'm going to figure out how to do that here. So for garlic, you're already looking at it inhibiting the growth of any kind of bean, but also parsley, sage. Strawberries, peas, and asparagus. Now, just because you've pulled it up does not mean that those compounds are not already in that soil. Do you feel me? So, that is just not a great idea, is it? Now, when we're talking about onions, we need to remember that beans are aliopathic, I think is the word, which means that they're going to produce a chemical that's going to hinder the growth of other plants. But you see, onions are also in the allium family, and they exude an antibacterial compound that kills the bacteria, the good bacteria, on the roots of green beans or any legume. And so this is a bad idea, so don't do that either. Just because you've moved one out, you can't put the other one in if they've left that kind of thing in the ground. I tell y'all what, I find this very um, symbolic of a lot of other situations in my life. Just places I don't grow very well. Oh, one more thing. While a lot of folks don't want to mess with the herb summer savory, it will make your onions so damn sweet. My daughter-in-law got a bunch of our onions last year. And that was the thing that she just wouldn't shut up about. That these were so damn sweet. And while I didn't even harvest my summer savory, I didn't. I just let it die in the winter. It created such a yummy, sugary feel to some of these. So don't forget to consider these things. Some things just work out really well with others. But I wanted to tell Mm y'all, you think I wasn't going to get around to the magic, didn't you? Uh Uh-huh. Here she goes again. Blah, blah, blah. Grow something. No, you don't want to, don't. I've already done my yearly begging. But I wanted to tell y'all just one lesson, and I, it's only one. It's one that popped to mind today when I was thinking about what I'm out there gardening right now about my magical life, and I learned it from a damn Totsoy plant. First and foremost, y'all, I had a friend who had been begging. He's pagan. I've been begging me to consider Totsui for years, and I wouldn't do it. Not until last year, actually. I, I just wasn't going to do it. I, I thought, well, I want spinach. Well, <laughs> you can't grow damn spinach in the hot, sweltering sun Alabama. You can grow it a little bit in the spring, but by fall, usually. Now, some people might can do it, but I don't use pesticides. By fall, all the bugs are out and you're tired. But he just swore about it. He said this thing can handle it and uh, can be eaten fresh or can be cooked just like spinach and has, I think, an even better flavor than spinach does and a little bit more crunch to it than spinach. Anyway, I finally planted the damn thing, you know. I gave up and I went, yep, okay, I'm going to try that. I did that along with some really cool bok choy. Man, we had a heavy run of bok choy, which reminds me I need to get out there and plant that too. Anyway, I put this everywhere. I put it underneath things. It was underneath the okra. It was underneath my chili plants. It was underneath, um. damn, what was it not underneath? Well, just everything, pretty much. And then it was a wonderful way. I'm all about, like, keeping that soil covered in our Alabama sun and keeping it from drying out. I mean, I use mulch, but this is an even better way. And the shade kind of helps. So I did it everywhere. And I did it in the old way that I used to grow things, which was that old cultivating, colonizing. I'm the boss of this situation. I can control this. I can manage this. Plant. <laughs> you know, again, type A, how we started this whole thing. So that was what I was going to do with it. And so I was very careful. I thinned to them and I made sure they weren't too close together. And because I had intent. Y'all, I know we talk all the time about how intent is every damn thing. I, I hear everybody saying it. I have said it. Okay. And I'm here to take it back. Let me apologize for having saying something stupid as that. I am so sorry, y'all. My fool ass did not think that through. Intent is not. Oh, good Lord. If intent was everything, honey, we'd all be rich. And we'd all have no troubles. And Intent is not every fucking thing. I'm sorry. The weather matters. Whether or not you get sick, whether or not your your partner leaves you, um, whatever the political climate is, intent is not everything. It's just really damn important. So my intent was there and I poured myself into this situation. Nice, neat plantings of totsoy. And those little plants, I tell you what, they never got very big. They never struggled for the sun very well. There was never enough of them all at once to do something with. I know y'all know what I mean if you garden or farm. You got to have a lot of something at once to do something with. You don't want to go down there and get you a half a cup of tot soy. You want to go down there and get you a big old basket of tot soy. And now we're having salad, right? Right. So I wasn't getting that out of this thing. Of course, it had not occurred to me that this particular plant, you know, like any plant, has personality. I don't know if y'all have ever noticed that, but they have personalities. Things they like, things they don't like. And if you don't believe me, I tell y'all what, go read the Fendhorn Garden again. And go look about the the plant divas. It'll clear you right up. But what I learned about Totsoy is the more you fuss over it, and try to control it, and try to neaten it up, and micromanage that little feller. The less it's gonna give you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna go ahead and tell y'all, don't at me. I test my soil. I'm one of those testers. I'm always looking. I've got rich organic matter. Um, the ratios are all right. Everything else grew great. Don't don't at me. I know what I'm fairly what I'm doing anyway in, in this area. So y'all can imagine how pissed off I was when I went down there to get my garden going for the year and in the middle of a pathway, a pathway that had been tamped down, red clay dirt, covered up with cardboard and then layered up in pine straw so I could have a clean place to walk um, in between all these raised beds. (laughs) yeah there I found all these gorgeous full healthy you know exhibiting you know they'll present at you like hello how you doing that's what that damn tot's always doing to me down there (laughs) and it's just growing in the weirdest damn places oh my god the harder I tried to make that work, the more it told me to go fuck myself, y'all. And when I stopped, <laughs> And went, all right, here you go. And that's a lesson I don't think I'm ever going to forget. I could have used this particular lesson. Let me tell you when. In 2013 and 14, right before I lost my job, while I was struggling as hard as I could to further my career, I was on one of the very last, what was it, choices that made my way through several interview layers and was on that top line looking like it was going to be me, and I was very excited. I just won the teaching award for the year, and it was the second time I had done so. My evaluations were just over the damn top, y'all. And I mean for my students and the administration. I mean, you would think I would have had to run through the halls naked till I've lost a job. (laughs) And I sure do wish that had been the reason. Wouldn't that have been fun for my grandbaby to hear later? But I was trying, you know, just like I was with that tatsoi. I was trying. I was um, watching a few things, you know. The climate there at that university Well, I had heard through the grapevine that some of those professorial know-it-all bastards were, well, a little put off by my lipstick. Mine and another colleague of mine. She's just a wild thing herself. A woman who runs with wolves, but fantastic person and university professor anyway. We had, we had heard about it. We had heard it, you know, through the grapevine. We had a friend that sat in those meetings, and they would tell us. <laughs> they would tell us what was being said. And we were, you know, well, we were hussies. We had this scarlet lipstick. I think mine had a little bit more purple in it than hers, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I toned it down that year. You see, I'm the tot soy in this thing, but we're getting there. I toned it down. I started wearing very professional clothes to school where before I was always the rock and roll prof, you know, T-shirts, tank tops in the summer. There wasn't a dress code. So I, I was just teaching, teaching my ass off. and wasn't that worried about, you know, fitting in with all the, for lack of a better way to put it, the school bus sweater folks. So, and you know, my nose is pierced. You get the idea. I covered all that up. I became, um, I forget what they called it. What was that? The chair of the instructor community? Something like that. I I wasn't that. What was I? I forget. I was very important. (laughs) And I went to all the damn meetings, including the faculty ones I was allowed to go to. And I took notes. And I got very studious about department politics and machinations and I don't think I've ever tried harder in my life to grow me than I did that year. Uh Uh-huh. And I lost the damn job. I lost all of it. When I tell y'all that this was an actual witch hunt, I'm not bullshitting you. I should have gone on to the Supreme Court over it, but I just couldn't take it anymore. So I settled. But it was horrible. It was horrible. But I had tried to fit in really really hard and then after that well I didn't have a lot of damn choices y'all I carved a path you know I sort of forced a pathway really of some way that I could walk forward I taught adjunct online I still do I'd love to quit it um one of these days I'll figure out a way that I can drum up enough support for this podcast that I can do so I um well y'all what else did I do Started, well, I started farming proper. I became a master gardener, went to classes for that. I started writing for online journals and even one magazine. I started doing things that I would not have had the time, probably nor the energy to have done if I had continued in my career. And in the middle of that haphazard pathway that I'd carved, far away from those deep lush raised beds of academy well at first of course i struggled let's not put lipstick on a pig here i struggled to push my way up i struggled for the sun i struggled so hard to find my identity again and even when i was able to survive i didn't feel like i was thriving you know and then one day and it does have everything to do with this podcast was sometime last year and i was standing outside And I said to myself, oh, my God, what is this funny feeling? I was standing out there, and I was looking at the pears on that old tree. She's too old, and and some years she doesn't make, and some years she did Well, last year she made. And I just remember being literally, whoop, emotion. Sorry. Had an emotion pop up. (laughs) Ooh, no crying. Just swell up in me, and it was just this unbelievable joy but being alive and being able to stand in my yard on a Monday afternoon at 2 (laughs) o'clock wearing a ripped-up tank top, and I do believe having a glass of wine at that hour and feeling that kind of joy because I wasn't in an office. I wasn't wearing what they wanted me to wear. I wasn't fitting in. And because I wasn't, I was happy. It had never occurred to me that happiness could come because I'd suffered so much. And I'm not lying about that suffering. I lost my life insurance. I lost my retirement fund. I had to cash it out to live. I was litigious. I couldn't find another job. You get the idea. And then, of course, just my heartbreak. But I had struggled. You know, I had been a street kid. No one had believed I could get as far as I did, especially with three babies and all alone, except for my stepfather. He was the only one who did believe that. And to have finally made it and to have won awards and to feel valuable, to have it stripped away, but also with that feeling of rejection. Do you know what I mean? Rejection. I felt embarrassed to be me. Ashamed to be me. And so angry at anyone who wouldn't fight for me. Now, none of us are good friends anymore. I just can't. I don't think I ever want to get past it, really. I think we're the kind of light friends where I will always love them, you know. But not a damn one of them have ever said, you know what, I fucked up and I'm sorry. Should have fought harder for you. And once you get past anger, once you get past the rage of that, there's just the betrayal so I forgive them, and uh, even though I'm sure they don't think they need forgiving. <laughs> but um, it never occurred to me that rising up out of that kind of rejection, that kind of pain, that I would ever feel happy, but not just in spite of it. That was just the thing. That was just the thing because of it. Now, like any trauma, I will tell you, I wouldn't go through it again, and I'm not happy it happened to me. I hope it doesn't happen to anybody else. We should be allowed to be who we are. We should be able to live in religious freedom, love who we want to love, whatever. That's that's who we should be. So I'm not grateful. <laughs> I used to be grateful for trauma because everyone told me I had to be. Well, it made you who you are. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, would, I don't know what I would have been without it. I don't know how cool or happy I would have been. You know, that's just the bullshit we say to ourselves to make it better. But it doesn't actually make anything better. What I mean when I say that I was happy because of it is I don't know that I should have been trying to fit in that box. But I couldn't figure out another way in my life. It had never occurred to me to take a different path at all. And there I was, just like that damn totsoy that had to struggle up against all that hard pack red clay. Oh, and by the way, not watered one damn time all winter. <laughs> not even one time. And in a place I didn't expect to be, I didn't want to be. Well, I tell y'all what, I'm flourishing over here. It's a surprise to me, too. <laughs> I want to go ask that totsoy, you surprised? <laughs> What the hell It's a surprise to me? But that's, I guess, uh, lessons from a plant (laughs) that um, maybe I just wanted to share with y'all today. I don't know if you're afraid to be slung into a new situation. Um, Something alien to you that you really don't think you have a choice about and you might not. And just go ahead and quiet all that bullshit that it's karma and you must have done something that this has happened to you. Uh, whether it be anything like what I was going through or whatever. Don't, don't allow that right now. That's just self-torture and half of it's bullshit. People don't really understand what karma is. But I think I was in so much grief and so much fear. Grief for what I thought I was going to be and what I loved. And fear about what the next chapter was going to be. That I couldn't, I don't think I realized that I was doing better. Like I said, it was a shock. (laughs) What the fuck is this? Is this happiness? Holy shit. Bad children, if you can get through it, that's what I hope for you. If you were going through something like that, something is suddenly ending, and you are struggling in your heart, and you don't see anything but darkness... And all that fear is rushing through you and you just want to go home to what it was and who you thought you were and the world keeps on shaking your ass and saying you're never going back there. You're never getting it back. I can't promise a damn thing, but what I wish for you is that you're shocked one day by the simple feeling of joy wherever you land. All right, that's enough. We have new patrons, and I want to thank them. Here is your shout-out, Dave and Catherine. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast, but also for just making sure that I know that it matters. I'm doing new things over there, and I'm going to keep on trying. I would have already had an extra podcast out this week, y'all, because I do, like, special content where my partner and I just sit around and bitch about nothing. (laughs) And I don't know why people like it, but they do. But he's had COVID and he's on day nine. And we're hoping he's finally clear to come back into the house because he's been living in a tin can camper. Bless it. I promise I'll get that going again. Y'all don't know what it means to me to have this support. I know all of your names. I don't know what I'd do without y'all back children. So go out there, grow something, hang in there. Spring is coming, y'all. All All right, now get out of here. Love you like chicken. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.